Welcome to the Die Hard Minute Podcast, a presentation by Movies by Minutes, where we break down the 1988 John McTiernan movie, Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Derkach. And today we're covering Minute 39 of Die Hard, quite possibly the greatest Pearl Harbor Minute ever. And we're joined by another Movies by Minutes alum from the Goofy Movie Minute, Nathan is here. Hey everybody, happy to be here. Love Die Hard. Yeah, we can't have enough Movies by Minutes people handling this issue. <laughs> Taking care of Die Hard. All right, so this minute begins with 80s hacking and it ends with a shoe size problem. All right, so the movie, I mean, this minute technically begins with, like, the last half second of seeing uh, Bruce Willis leaning over a dead guy. <laughs> but where it really goes to 80s hacking, which is, of course, accompanied by heavy keystrokes and lots of weird noises that sounds like he's playing Nintendo. My notes say 90s computer sounds. That's exactly what it says. Uh, that is like 90s computer sounds. Like, <laughs> it could be 80s. Yeah. Felt like I was watching Jumpin' Jack Flash. Yeah, it's it's not good. That, when I first looked at it, because I, I forgot what the guy's name was, and I'm like, I didn't think his name was Akagi. <laughs> yeah, Akagi. <laughs> and it's not. His name's not Akagi. His name is Takagi. It's a different name. Akagi oh, is the name of the aircraft carrier he was assigned to. Yeah. And it says English translation, Red Castle. So, apparently, he was at the Battle of Pearl Harbor. And he was assigned to the aircraft carrier in 1940. He fought for the other side, guys. <laughs> I hate to bring the uh, podcast down, but he was uh, he was on the wrong team. So, there was, of course, a real Japanese aircraft here called Akagi. It was an aircraft carrier named after the Mount Akagi, which makes sense. Blah, blah, blah. It Who was, was the mountain the named Pearl after? Who was the mountain named after? Really? You're going to do this to me? <laughs> Some guy named Akagi. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> Akagi. <laughs> It's named after a Japanese businessman. That's odd. (laughs) Circular logic. It's perfect. Mount Akagi, along with Mount Miyogi and Mount Haruna, are one of the three mountains of Yomo. And the cold north winds are called Akagi Oroshi. I apologize to everyone who knows how to speak Japanese. (laughs) Me too. Yes, because I'm sure that I probably just said a dirty word to you. Yeah, so they were at the Battle of Pearl Harbor. They were at the invasion of Rabul. These are all places that are on his thing. Akagi was at the Battle of Midway, where uh, things didn't go quite as well. They were attacked from aircraft from the carriers Enterprise, Hornet, and Yorktown. Dive bombers from the Enterprise severely damaged Akagi. When the Japanese realized they couldn't save it, they scuttled it with their own destroyers to sink it. So it got Pearl Harbored? Yeah, it got, well, it got, I mean, if you want to tie it to another movie by a minute, it was sunk by the Enterprise. <laughs> so, not exactly a long shelf life. If its first major attack is in 1941, when it's the flagship, December 41, and in June of 42, it's on the bottom of the ocean. Right. Well, they pissed some people off, so maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Titanic, but no one's surprised. You're like, that makes yeah. sense. Warship. Oh, you mean, you mean your warship got sunk? I can see how that happens. <laughs> yeah, I played a game like that once. It happens all the time. That's when I would lose against a little kid because they could somehow figure out where my little battleship was. Uh, although I will give him this. His little old 1980s computer knows how to do Google Translate. So that's nice. <laughs> Why is there a keyboard on the screen if it's not a touch screen? Why would you bother doing that? I don't know, but it looked like he was playing Wheel of Fortune. It really did. Like, Vanna was spinning the letters around for him. <laughs> <laughs> the other question you got to ask is, how many things did he put in before he came up with this brilliant idea to use the Akagi that this guy was on in World War II? <laughs> like, did he try, like, his middle name first, his kids' names? And middle school. I, yeah, I, I forget. I believe there's seven locks to open it. This was just lock number one. I, I love how the, the screen comes up. Is that where we are? 
the XS oh, code. The one that accepted. says lock number one disabled yeah. or the one yeah, that says, but it doesn't say like you've, you've got, you know, you've accessed the first one. It's like, it's disabled. So it's like, you're, I noticed you're breaking into this bank. Would you yeah. like to continue? Do you wish to proceed? <laughs> Good job. <laughs> you guessed Good it. Good job on subverting our first, <laughs> our first way to trying to stop you. Would you like to continue? <laughs> Would you like to know more? The penitent man, the penitent man. <laughs> and of course, Theo, he, he said, he, He'll, you know, I'll, you bet your ass I want to proceed. So apparently the first lock, you had to enter a code. Second lock, giant drill. <laughs> yeah, put a big red tip to it, so it's crazy looking. Yeah. So I, I, I'm pretty sure you don't pick that up at your local Home Depot. I no. think that, that, that's a, probably a special order type thing. Harbor Freight. <laughs> he went down to the Hobby Lobby and picked that up. Oh, so now uh, the next, like, 30 seconds is basically just inventory time. So McLean's going to go through this guy's bag. He finds a couple magazines for the gun. Walkie-talkie. Yeah, the walkie-talkie. The... Well, guess what? We just found out where the magazines were that he couldn't put in his sweatpants pockets. Oh, they were in the bag. They were in the bag. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, for the last three minutes when he was fighting the blonde hair guy, Tony, he inexplicably named Tony, uh, all we did was complain about his outfit because he's just wearing <laughs> a sweatsuit that it kind of looks like the cleaner version of the Rocky sweatsuit that he uses to run up the steps. We see that it's not a very good outfit for uh, doing your terrorism. Yeah, they're like pajamas, glorified pajamas. Although we did figure out later, uh, we may have thought the reason why he's wearing that outfit is so later on when the stuntman has to fall down the steps, (laughs) they're able to put some padding (laughs) under it. Yeah, make it a little loose for him. Yeah, because the last minute when they fall down the steps, it's an ugly scene. (laughs) Because it's a real fall with two stuntmen going down the steps, and it does not look pretty. It looks like somebody could have died on that that stunt. Somebody did die. Yeah. <laughs> Hard. He finds a Zippo, of course, because nobody ever uses a regular lighter in movies. Everybody has Zippos. And I found out that John McClane likes Tony's sweatshirt because he checks the size on it. Oh, well, he's not... <laughs> I mean, you're going to... It's not for a... I don't know. This doesn't come up for a long, long time, but I don't think he's checking the size on it. He's checking where it's from. Oh. Well, that makes sense. Later China. on, he'll mention that they're... I forget what he says. Says something about their outfits, their um, fashion, their you know their fancy or whatever. Which is a load of crap. This guy's wearing a sweatsuit. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, but it's Christmas. It's probably a little chilly in there, even with their heater running. True. And he's on that <laughs> broken down floor that probably has you know windows open and things. Yeah. Oh yeah. The un uh, the unbuilt floor. And then he's yeah. Then he's padding him down, padding down the dead guy. You know, in video games where they're you've got all those tools in your in your inventory, and you're like, well, they couldn't carry all that. They could carry all that. He's proving it right now. Yeah, he carries yeah. a lot of stuff. This guy's a lot of stuff. <laughs> it all. There's a bazooka in there. Yeah. And that's all in one bag. The guy, ha- the man has no pockets. Yeah. Because when McLean lifts his wallet off him, it's just in his waistband. It's tucked down his pants. Why do you have the wallet anyway? Well, it's a fake wallet, right? He's got a California license. Yeah, well, you I mean, said his name was Tony, but his license says Richard Aronson, just so you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably also on- fake, right? Yeah, he lives on Riverside Drive in Sherman Oaks. Oh, yeah. Sherman Oaks, California. It's so yeah, embarrassing not- when you've got a wallet tucked into your pants and then it falls through, and or anything, if you had a hole in your pocket and it goes down your pant leg while you're in public. <laughs> yeah. And you have to kind of shake it out and yeah. look cool. So, yeah, so which is which looks worse? Um, trying to keep it from sliding down, so catching it like mid-thigh and now trying to recover it <laughs> I'll bring and it trying up. to bring it up, or just letting it slide all the way down and then picking it up off the ground. you got to let it drop. you got to let it fall. <laughs> <laughs> you let it fall and then pretend it just fell out of your hand. <laughs> yeah, I dropped that. Can you hand me that wallet? <laughs> Nothing quite says, I have a fake ID. 
I have a wallet with nothing in it except my license. Except, yeah. There's no coupons. There's no couple extra bucks in there. Nothing. It's just, <laughs> it's just his license. No lottery tickets. No nothing. <laughs> it's like walking into a staged house. Where, like, yeah. you walk in there, there's no food, there's no nothing, but, like, <laughs> there's some furniture sitting out. Like, it's obvious no one lives there. Oh, yeah, like the, like the house in Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. The one. Just, like, one thing in the cabinet. You mean, like, pictures on the t- table that came with the frame? Oh, it <laughs> yeah. came with the frame. <laughs> That's another Burbs Minute reference, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, McLean tries to, uh, steal this guy's shoes. Which is just odd. I mean, I guess it's a it's a good move because he doesn't have shoes. I'm not even sure. I guess I would have thought of it, but I don't know that I would have. See, I think I might have because I hate running around without shoes on if, and bare feet if you're going like, you know, it's cold or you're running across crap, which eventually he winds up doing. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> you would think that. You'd be like, oh, those metal <laughs> staircases for... look a little drafty. <laughs> I'm not walking down there in bare feet. <laughs> oh, my little tootsies could get cold. That'd be terrible. <laughs> They expect me to go out there in my bare feet? What, am I a hobbit? I don't think so. <laughs> and he says right at the end, nine million terrorists in the world, and I killed one with feet smaller than my sister. <laughs> yeah. And How they, they you... do a couple weird close-ups on their feet like it's a Tarantino movie, too. How big do you think his sister's feet are? <laughs> we don't learn a lot about his sister, do we? Or I think he's one of those uh, characters that has a uh, like a floating family. Like He has whatever family members are necessary for the plot. So, like, in later Die Hard movies, sometimes he's got, like, parents or brothers or sisters or kids, and they're they're there or not there, or they're whatever age they need to be. Each Die Hard movie is better than the previous one. What? <laughs> it's like a I've, fine wine that gets better. With, I've never yeah, heard anyone of say that before in my life. <laughs> the more of them you have, the better it gets. I don't know. I, I hope I, they get better with age, too. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I was able to make it as far as the fourth one, and then, uh... Then I was I had to tap out at that. I I I begged for mercy. Oh yeah, Kevin <laughs> Smith was in that one. I know yeah. I did see that one. That's where he plays Warlock. <laughs> Is that the one where he jumps out of a helicopter? I or, think so. Or he crashes a car into a helicopter or something. Yeah, something crazy. When you're like, I remember when you were the regular guy. You weren't the, <laughs> the crazy action hero. I mean, even by the third one, he's already basically crazy ha- action hero guy. Yeah. But like, I can tolerate that one because he was Samuel L. Jackson the whole movie. And Samuel L. Jackson makes that movie, like, watchable. <laughs> and it's got Jeremy Irons in it. It's got just enough to hold it together. Like, they all know it's crazy by then. They're like, this is crazy, but, like, whatever. We're having fun. I mean, they called it with Die Hard with a vengeance. I think they knew what was going on. <laughs> I mean, like, instead of Die Harder, Die Hard 2. <laughs> die Hardest. Oh, but then we can't have any more sequels. Because it's already the hardest he could have died. I can't even name them all, because there was Die Hard, Die Harder, Die Hard with Vengeance. Live Free and Die... Live Free or, or Die, die hard. hard. And there's another one. Die Hard... Die Hardly. Die, die Hard Another Day. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my, I honestly oh my God. don't know what that I think last that, one is. I, I think that might have been it. No, that's what? a James Bond movie, Die Another Day. I, I, I can't remember. I, it's some stupid pun like that, though. It, it, diet Harder. <laughs> a, way to, a way to get J- Bruce Willis's body in oh, 20 minutes not a Not far off. A Good Day to Die Hard. A Good Day uh, to Die Hard. That's what it was. Starring Bruce Willis and Worf. Die Hard and Taxes. Oh my God! Yeah, it, I mean, it just just looking at the covers of them like makes me feel bad. <laughs> There's always something blowing up in the background. Yeah, well, if like looking at it, you see a uh, you can see Die Hard one, two, and three. He kind of looks like regular Bruce Willis, you know, early '90s. I was on Moonlighting, and then Live for Your Die Hard, which came out 12 years after Die Hard with a Vengeance. He's present day Bruce Willis. Yeah. Now he's all swollen up. He's bald-headed, and he's an ass. 
they need to make one that's just super self-aware where it's like please let this franchise die hard and then and then he's like time to go back to the well and uh, <laughs> like this is my legacy let's not ruin it and like you know he's got all those taglines that that are really referential to where the franchise has gone <laughs> I, I think I had to tap out on Live for Your Die Hard because it wasn't even an R-rated movie, so he couldn't even say his tagline in it. I think he just said, yippee ki yay and then it gets cut off. Yeah, there's an explosion. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, really? <laughs> you can't make a Die Hard that's an R-rated movie? <laughs> that's like, I'm making the new Friday the 13th. It's going to be PG-13. <laughs> I, thought, I feel like you may have... Uh, Lost your way with that. <laughs> the G-rate it Friday Thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> I just take the campers out for ice cream. <laughs> well, that walkie-talkie is a big deal. He's going to get to use that. I bet. Oh yeah, that that walkie-talkie is gonna that's going to sustain like the next half hour of the movie after this. Definitely. Oh wait, what's kind of interesting is a lot of the things he's kind of known for having in the rest of the movie come from this scene yeah but they're not his like that lighter and stuff <laughs> yeah like, he didn't have any of that stuff he would have just been out there with nothing it's 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 really all this guy's costume yeah and he, <laughs> he takes accessories yeah, everything he needs he gets from this guy except for shoes because he gets a zippo he gets weapons and ammo he gets the detonators from him right. which are like the whole problem if he didn't have those nobody would care what he was doing they would just kind of like try to keep him in one part of the building <laughs> but he's got the detonators that they need yeah he gets all it it is very much like a video game where he just stumbled upon the one character he needed to kill to get all the stuff that he needed right he'd just be some dude so there's one scene missing though between these the two shots that started off and i really wish they covered it well not not the two shots so when he's taking all the stuff out and then later on when he's looking at the shoes he's in the chair I really want to see the scene where he moves a dead lit body into a chair. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's some things that just cannot be comical. It doesn't matter how serious it is. It's not easy to move a person into a chair. No, you know he's going right. to yeah. flop over a couple times. He's going to be like, oh man, I want him to look cool when he goes down the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> it is so incredibly hard to move like dead weight around like that. Yeah, I moved it's, a dead it, squirrel out of the backyard and that was more challenging than I expected. <laughs> I mean, that's a guy that's not quite as big as him, but yeah, to like lift him up and then isn't he in a rolling chair? Yeah. I want to see see the scene where he lifts him up and he goes to put him in the rolling chair and he just hits the end of it and the rolling chair slides out from underneath and goes across the room. He's got to keep chasing the rolling chair around to get the guy into it. Yeah, he's got to end up pinning the roller chair like into the corner. (laughs) Well, it's like this thing they do in movies where they edit out anything that would be kind of amusing if it's a serious movie as if completely serious people never accidentally have trouble with something like they never have like have to open a drawer two times because it got stuck because it's like a serious drama like obviously they're not gonna have a trouble with their drawer but that's what like happens in real life all the time yeah but it's like no when you're a serious person nothing weird happens nothing clumsy (laughs) happens you are perfect and then you move on with the plot and that's like i just want to see the elevator footage or the (laughs) or the stairwell footage of him trying to move him around uh when this is all over nakatomi saved his buddy's gonna his buddy reginald l johnson's gonna call him in the back room and go uh hey uh john is there any way we can talk about this and it's just like (laughs) 25 minutes of CCTV footage of him trying to lift up this dead body and get it into a chair. The chair's sliding away. He's putting the dead body in the chair and the chair's rolling away and he's rolling all around the room and then he falls out of the chair. Yeah, he's still in character. He's like, come on. Why did this happen today, you know? Why did it have to be rolling chair? 
Oh, I can't believe this chair's got wheels on it. <laughs> Some people have all the luck. Maybe I can find another chair. And then he finds like a like an old wooden chair and he puts them in it. And the chair just breaks down to the floor. And he's like, oh, stupid American chair. <laughs> hate these chairs so much on the West Coast. <laughs> New York chair wouldn't have broke. Yeah, and like the longer it is, the better. Like they at the bottom, they're just running the the time. <laughs> they're like you literally could have gone downstairs and killed all the terrorists in the amount of time it took you to get this guy in the chair. Yeah, they're like fast forwarding through it. You know, it's like one of those security cameras where it runs at triple speed or something. It's yeah, just... he's he's trying to explain it to him. Like, listen, you don't understand the gag I was going for though. I won't spoil it because it's another person's minute, but. Listen, I had something really awesome that I was going to write on this guy. <laughs> if you want, I'll kill another person and you can try to put them in a chair. <laughs> See how that works. They find out later on that every person he killed, he wrote something on them and put them in a chair. <laughs> like, I think I think John McClane might be a serial killer. When they open the closet, they're going to be so surprised. Oh, man, they never <laughs> open the closet. Hope they don't put that in the movie. Yeah. They did. Yeah, that happens a lot in movies, too, where they're like, they kill somebody. Like, I'm going to leave this in a place where somebody will find them. Like, what if nobody ever goes there? <laughs> all right, so I uh, think we've hit all the key issues here, like rolling chairs. and <laughs> I think we wandered off a little bit. Well, I, like I said, it's basically an inventory minute. We get we get about 20 seconds with Theo breaking through in the way that all hackers do, pounding on the keys and somehow guessing the most subtle detail of somebody's history and getting it right. <laughs> not only did he know it was from his military service, he knew it was from the ship he was on, and he knew... To not put a kagi, but to translate it in English. Right. <laughs> right. How many times do you think he tried this already? Because and there's also there's three keyboards. There's the one he's typing on. There's the one on the screen, and then there's the one on the wall too. And he puts like Harold and Kumar go to Red Castle. Oh, good. <laughs> I knew we loved that movie. <laughs> yeah, it could have. I mean, it literally could have been anything. Or if it was like a password you have to put in today, and he's like trying to like you can't break passwords that way anymore. They're like most if it's a high tech, high security machine, you can't put in anything that's a real word. Yeah, it's just, you can't you have, have two letters in a row. You got to have a yeah. bunch of different things. Yeah, there's. I've had to put in passwords that were like twenty characters long. Same thing. Nothing could be a word. So if you accidentally put a word in there or put letters in order, it's like, nope, sorry, you need a new one. Yeah, that's when I forget my password every time, and I got to call yeah. and get a new password. And you can't remember because your password's like T L C C X, like pound yeah. sign, like two capitals. You're like, how am I supposed to remember this? And then you're like, well, I'll write it down, which defeats the entire purpose of having the password. Right. Yeah. It's like incorrect password. Did you forget your password or create an account? It's like you forgot this very complicated password. And then you can do, like, two challenge questions that are so easy that anybody could get them. Right. What was your first pet's name? It's like anybody that casually knows you knows the answers to your questions. Yeah. Where do you work at? What was your mother's name? Oh, your mother's maiden name. Maiden name, yeah. Oh, no. My mother was no maiden. All right, I think we've exhausted all my notes about this. It was mostly just about Akagi stuff and about how he has the worst fake idea I've ever seen. Not even a fake ID. The ID is fine. It's just the wallet that goes with it. The it's screen like that it pans by when it's going to the login says transducer. What is a transducer? I don't know. It sounds like fancy stuff. Yeah. Fancy stuff. Very fancy stuff. It's, yeah, right. It sounds like something that's like, well, this is this sounds like an important word. We should put this in there. <laughs> yeah. The guy typing has his watch on his right hand. Do you have your watch on your right hand or your left hand? Who wears I a watch? I was just saying, I honestly couldn't tell you what hand I ever put my watch on, because ever since I got a cell phone, I haven't had a watch. <laughs> and when I did wear a watch, the few times I ever wore a watch, it was on my left hand, or my non-dominant hand. Right. Maybe he's like, left-handed. Yeah. He put his yeah. his wedding ring on his right hand, too. Aw, <laughs> uh, poor, poor wife. 
A transducer is a device that converts variations in a physical quantity, such as pressure or brightness, into an electrical signal, or vice versa. Does See? that help? Fancy Very cool. stuff. Yeah. See, fancy stuff. And again, everybody that knows anything about any kind of electrical engineering was like, yes, yeah, stupid, that's what it is. <laughs> I know I've heard it before. Yeah, but, I, oh yeah, transducer. That makes sense. Yeah, that, I probably saw it in a movie where somebody wanted to use a word that sounded important, and they looked it up, and they were like, yeah, call it a transducer. Yeah. <laughs> a, a conductor. No, no, call it a transducer. Transducer. Nobody will know what that means, but it'll sound important. All right, Chris, you got anything left? How about you, Nathan? I was just thinking about what that drill could be used for other than breaking into a safe, and I wasn't coming up with anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like, it's not a huge drill, so you can't drill into anything. It's, it's just made to drill into, like, a safe. Yeah, drill two feet into a mountain to see if there's any, like, oil in there. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I feel like that's not the type of thing you pick up on Amazon. That might be a, a dark web purchase. Yeah. You don't think that uh, rings any bells when you're looking for that type of drill? People are <laughs> you don't like, think, what do you need you this for? <laughs> that's not on an FBI watch list somewhere where they're like, hey, uh, hey Bob, somebody's uh, trying to get one of those drills that can only drill through giant safes. <laughs> Somebody bought one of them safe drills again. <laughs> yeah. Picked up this drill to drill into the Nagatomi Plaza safe and it took four or five days to arrive and the packaging was damaged and then it wouldn't drill into the safe one star yeah. I was not the, paid extra to yeah. give an unbiased review for this the, the UPS guy came by and did not leave it he left me the slip and then when I went to go pick it up it was closed that's I'm all giving, I got I'm giving a bad review alright uh, why don't you tell the fine people where they can find your uh, your stuff and your podcast Hey, me and my wife Brienne do a podcast called A Goofy Movie Minute, and you can find it on Stitcher or iTunes. You can follow us at A Goofy Movie Minute at Instagram, or you can search for it on Facebook. We talk about a goofy movie just like we talk about this movie. Same exact way. If you want to hear more from us, you can go over to The Burbs Minute, or you can swing by DuelingGenre.com and listen to The Jay and Silent Bob Minute, where we're currently breaking down Clerks one minute at a time. Uh, if you need more Die Hard Minute, go over to Twitter. It's at Die Hard Minute. Or you can go over to the Facebook uh, listeners area. It's called Die Hard with a Podcast Listener's Limo. Maybe while you're in there, you'll see uh, Argyle. Maybe he's hanging out in there. Uh, make sure you also swim by DieHardMinute.com. And, of course, the site where all the people are hooked up at, MoviesByMinutes.com. So we're out of here. We got one dead body on the floor. We're breaking through the safe. All I can say is yippee-ki-yay, Melon Farmer. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.